0: it's time for Cougar postgame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network now let's join your host Jason Shepard
1: the BYU Cougars wrap up the home schedule five and one is the record for BYU in Provo this season final today 59-14 over Idaho State. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you. We've got lots to get to. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to go over some very interesting scores in top 25 college football. But before we go any further, I want to remind you that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU50 at PapaJohns.com. This coming Monday, and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location Monday only. We will be monitoring the Zoom room downstairs for post-game interviews with Kalani Sitake as well as the players. So when those guys step to the podium via Zoom, we will get down to uh, to those uh, momentarily. But in the meantime, Let's, uh, let's go over some of the stats. And I know that Greg was, uh, was talking about these. When you look at the total yards in the game, completely dominated by BYU, 560 to 238. And, and it really is interesting. Let's not lose sight of the, the overall scope of this one. BYU was in complete control of this game from the get go. They led 42 to 7 at the break. The second half, obviously, you've got a lot of guys that aren't used to getting significant playing time. And the Cougars with only 17 points in the second half, but the game was never in doubt. And so ultimately, the end goal was met. BYU improving to 8-2 and two overall with the 59-14 victory. That first half was brilliant. You had the one fumble, but beyond that, the Cougars just getting contributions and uh, impressive contributions from just about everybody. Jaron Hall, 20 of 25 for 298 yards and four touchdowns. You had Tyler Algier on the ground, six carries for 35 yards. Lopini seven for 24 uh, receiving. You had uh, Puka Nakua, six catches, 120 yards. Believe that is his fourth 100-yard uh, uh, receiving uh, performance, and had a touchdown as well. Neil Pau six for 48 and a touchdown. Keanu Hill four 92 and a touchdown. Not to mention the blocked punt that he was able to recover for a touchdown uh, on uh, special teams. A really, really good afternoon for Keanu Hill. And I I think that's probably one of the things that I'll take away most from this game, beyond the final score and anything, uh, was the fact that BYU, the touchdowns were spread out all over the field. And you had everybody coming up and contributing. And uh, that is certainly good to see. Obviously, uh, the heavy lifting was done in the first quarter, or excuse me, the first half. Uh, But BYU dominating. Uh, And look, yes, Idaho State probably doesn't get those those points without the, the short fields that they had twice that both led to the touchdowns. One on a fumble, one on a kickoff return. Uh, That looked like BYU was going to stop him for a normal gain, but uh, you got to give credit to the Bengal players for fighting, getting the extra yards. It turned out that they would even fumble that. Uh, They would be able to collect the fumble and then have the ball inside the 10 yard line for a first and goal. But, you know, they essentially, on both touchdowns, had to go a total of about 30 yards total because they had short fields on both drives. But again, you look at the big picture. And overall, BYU now 59, or excuse me, now eight and two overall, and now have a bye week. And we saw Neil Pau going off, looking uh, well. We obviously know that he came back in street clothes, his uh, foot was in a boot and was on crutches. Lopini Katoa left uh, the game and was was hobbling a little bit. So now you have a full week uh, for the bye week where you can get some guys healthy. Then you have another game. So basically two weeks to get ready for Georgia Southern. Uh, before you head out on the road to uh, to the state of Georgia for that one. It's crazy to think only two more regular season games uh, for the BYU Cougars before the season comes to an end, and then we will know who BYU is playing in the bowl game. All right, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll go over some of those scores I was mentioning, update you on everything that's going on and how it relates to BYU and their current positioning in the college football playoff rankings. Your final score, 59-14, Cougars with the win on the new skin, BYU Sports Network
0: this is cougar postgame live on the new skin byu sports network now back to your host jason Shepard. welcome
1: back to the built bar broadcast booth at lavelle edwards stadium byu 59 idaho state 14 cougars getting the win, improving to 8-2 and two on the season. We are monitoring the Zoom room. Uh, nobody is there as of yet. In fact, most of the players and the coaching staff, uh, because of those being honored today, the seniors and, and some of the other players, uh, most of the players are actually still on the field right now, walking around the field here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, doing their customary high fives. A lot of the coaches still out here. So it may be a little bit longer than normal to get, uh, to get the postgame Interviews going so in the meantime, let's update you on top 25 scores BYU entered the college football playoff rankings this week at number 15 So there were a lot of teams ahead of BYU that are were in action today some playing each other So either way, that's good for the Cougars. Let's start uh, with this game number six Cincinnati in a uh, eight-point game right now with Tulsa Tulsa has the ball it is fourth and five at the Cincinnati six-yard line. Obviously, if they're able to get a touchdown here, they would go for two. But there's a minute and a half to go in that one. Tulsa trying to tie things up at number six, Cincinnati, with 133 to go. They are facing a fourth and five at the Cincinnati six. The Bearcats with a 28 to 20 lead. Other games going on right now, and this one's a close one. And this is one of those ones you kind of debate on whether or not you actually want the upset or not. TCU and number 12, Baylor. The Horn Frogs with a lead of 30-28. to 28. They have the ball currently. There's four and a half minutes to go, but obviously Baylor ranked 12th. That's one of BYU's two losses. So you, in theory, want Baylor to continue to win so that it continues to be a, a good strength of schedule loss For the Cougars but then on the other side of things obviously it's a team ranked ahead of you so uh, we'll have to see how that one plays out and I guess you can decide whether or not you think it is good or bad or maybe we can all wait until the college football playoff rankings come out for next week and we'll see what happens if Baylor does lose but right now it is TCU with a 30 28 lead over Baylor and the Horn Frogs have picked up a first down, so the clock will continue to go four fourteen to go in the fourth quarter. Here is another one of those games, the one I mentioned f- two teams that are both ranked ahead of BYU, Texas A M ranked fourteenth, Auburn ranked number thirteen, and Texas A M with a twenty to three lead with thirty seconds to go. So number thirteen Auburn is going to lose its third game of the season and fall to three and two in the SEC in about 30 seconds. Elsewhere, Purdue is going to beat number three Michigan State. It is 33-27 with five minutes to go. So right now you could potentially have four or possibly even five upsets uh, for teams ranked ahead of BYU. We'll get to one of the finals as one of those upsets a little bit uh, in coming up in just a second. Uh, fourth quarter action, it is Arkansas with a 23-21 lead over number 17 Mississippi State. Florida State trailing number 19 NC State Wolfpack doubling up the Seminoles at 28-14. All right, finals for you. Number one, Georgia defeats Missouri, 43-6. Number five, Ohio State wins at Nebraska, 26-17. Here's the one I was talking about. North Carolina hands number nine, Wake Forest, its first loss of the season. The Dima Deacons now 8-1 overall. Carolina getting the win, 55 to. Fifty-eight to fifty-five is the final score. Sixteenth-ranked Ole Miss defeats Liberty twenty-seven to fourteen. Illinois knocks off number twenty Minnesota fourteen to six. Twenty-fifth-ranked Pitt over Duke fifty-four to twenty-nine. We will take a break. Come back. If there's an opportunity to hear from Kalani Satake or any of the players. We will do that. Otherwise, we will rack up, wrap up Cougar Post Game Live and you ready for the Cougar locker room show your final from Provo 59 14 Cougars get the win over the Bengals on the new skin BYU sports network
0: let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar post game live on the new skin BYU sports network
1: Welcome back to the Built Bar Broadcast Booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 59-14, BYU gets the win. Now have a week off, the bye week this week, and then on the road the following week at Georgia Southern. Then they will wrap up the regular season in the final week at the uh, Coliseum in Los Angeles against the USC Trojans. All right, let's update you on some action that's uh, going on right now. Let's uh, the the Cincinnati-Tulsa game. I believe the last thing I had mentioned uh, was that Tulsa had a, uh, a fourth and five, or excuse me, a fourth and uh, six from the Cincinnati six. They did not pick it up. So Cincinnati took over on downs. Quarterback Ritter fumbled the ball on Cincinnati's next offensive play. Tulsa recovers. So there is 58 seconds to go. It is Tulsa's ball. And the last time I checked, the computers decided to uh, refresh. The last time it was a fourth, or excuse me, first and goal from the Cincinnati three-yard line. I'm watching out.
2: it live here for you, Jason. Yeah. What, so what's the what's the latest? Th- third and goal from in, just barely inside the one. So they got the ball back. It, it's been two. The first one went for about four yards, and then another rush for one yard. So now it's third and goal inside the one, and Tulsa just called a timeout.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those things where, you know, the Baylor win or lose. This is another one for Cincinnati because if you're a BYU fan, you actually want Cincinnati to keep moving up, especially if one of the teams in the top four are going to lose, and it certainly looks like Michigan State is going to do that. So what you want is Cincinnati to be able to move up, and it opens up more of an at-large opportunity for BYU. We'll have to see how this one plays plays out. Uh, If you get an update on that, let me know. Uh, Speaking of TCU and number 12, Baylor, uh, it is fourth and five. TCU has the ball at the Baylor 16. The Horn Frogs have a two-point lead at 30 to 28. There's two minutes and one second to go. So I assume that TCU is going to kick a field goal to go up by five and would force Baylor with under two minutes to go to score a touchdown to win the game. Uh, but right now it is TCU 30 and number 12 Baylor 28. Also, uh, 37-29 Purdue leading Michigan State. And there is three and a half minutes to go in that one, and I'm watching this on the uh, stat tracker. TCU may have actually tried to go for it. No, he missed a 34-yard field goal. The field goal was no good. So now Baylor is trailing by two, and with a minute 56, they need a field goal to win. So lots, so of, so lots of stuff happening, and right the now. drama
2: is mounting quarterback pulls uh, for Tulsa and had a path to the end zone had he just taken on the had he just taken on the uh, defender and Dove Instead, you had it? he tried to get down. They're counting
1: it as a slide, saying he started his slide oh. outside of the end zone. And I, I hate that. I hate the slide is where you start to give yourself up. I hate that rule. Yeah, so it should it is, be where you're touched.
2: It is now. They are again now fourth and goal. In fact, they just did a shot of all the Tulsa fans <laughs> that are saying, what is going on? But – you, when you give yourself up, that is feet – any time a quarterback goes feet forward, which he did, and it is true, they show him as feet forward
1: and his knees about down and the ball is not inside the plane. Anyway – All right, well, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to wrap up uh, Cougar Post Game Live. Coming up next, it will be the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Hopefully, we'll be able to have some of those Zoom interviews, beginning with head coach Kalani Satake, as well as the other players. And we will continue to follow all these scores for the remainder of our post game coverage. Your final, 59-14, Cougars getting the win over Idaho State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to post game coverage of BYU football. On the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O' Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast Booth and join Riley Nelson along with your host, Jason Shepard. It is
1: the Big O' Tires, Cougar Locker Room Show. Welcome back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU getting the win, 59-14, improving to 8-2 on the season. Bye week coming up before heading out to the East Coast to take on Georgia Southern. This is normally my area where I'm hanging out in the scoreboard studios. Uh, Let's go to my left and join Riley Nelson in the scoreboard studio with an update on what's going on between Tulsa and Cincinnati. The ending of this is insane.
2: Well, Jason, I thought my you know analyst duties were kind of done for the day <laughs> and we were fully into the postgame. Let me just let our listeners know why we're, first of all, obviously the Cincinnati, uh, it affects kind of BYU and their place in the standing. But second of all, we're sitting here looking at the fill and the, and the majority of players have not even gone to the locker room. They are savoring the moment of, for many of these players, their last home game in Lavelle Edwards. And for everybody on this team, the last one, of the 2021 season. Okay, now, Tulsa Cincinnati, Tulsa, first and goal from inside the one, handed off to the running back. He gets his feet stopped, but as he's reaching the ball out to cross the plane, well, here's what happens in fast motion. He reaches, but then loses control of the ball. So now what they're trying to determine is in his reach, as he reaches, does he cross the plane before Before he lost control? It was called on the field as a fumble, and the ref just came on the mic confirmed fumble first and 10 Cincinnati at the Cincinnati's gonna 20 Cincinnati's going to hold on barring some other fumble <laughs> right.
1: the there's Cincinnati still 36 seconds that. left yeah exactly but
2: Tulsa has no more timeouts so they should be able to kneel this game over
1: and and again ultimately BYU needs Cincinnati to keep winning and it's it's going to be a good thing because Purdue is going to hold on to beat number 3 Michigan State 40-29 is the score there's 41 seconds to go so one of the teams in the top 4 are going to lose. Michigan State is going to fall. So we will see, depending on some of the other games that go on, who's able to move up. But Cincinnati getting the win in terms of BYU's opportunity to move up. Cincinnati winning is uh, is certainly a good thing. The other game we were following, uh, TCU and Baylor. Uh, Baylor. I can help you there. If I you just want. W- I just saw it. Baylor has thrown an interception. Uh, Bohannon has was intercepted by Banks and. TCU takes over. TCU has a 30-28 lead with 1.03 to go in the fourth. Baylor has one timeout, so they're going to be able to kneel they're it gonna out. B- that's, that's it. TCU, the horn Frogs. Apparently Gary Patterson was holding the horn Frogs back. It looks like it. But, uh, so, yeah, that's one of those ones. And, w- and we'll discuss this probably coming up a little bit more in Cougar Nation now uh, on whether or not you actually think that's a good thing or a bad thing with number 12 Baylor losing. Uh, we're still monitoring the postgame Zoom room. And as, as Riley mentioned, because of the senior day activities and uh, a lot of the players still uh, hanging out on the field with their families, uh, this may be a little while, certainly much longer than we're used to in, term of the, in terms of the post-game press conferences beginning. Uh, we are certainly expecting uh, head coach Kalani Satake to still lead things off. Uh, we are monitoring the Zoom room, uh, but uh, an opportunity for us to look a little bit more into this one today. Uh, the game certainly was not in doubt, uh, BYU getting the win 59 to 14 the first half BYU's offense and defense could not be stopped Jaron Hall was brilliant 298 yards and four touchdowns and I mentioned this uh, I believe at halftime was the 23rd time that a BYU quarterback has thrown four touchdowns in the first half uh, and uh, if you think about it that's quite an afternoon, let alone to do it in a first half. He was brilliant. Baylor Romney came in, started the second half. He was 5 of 12 for 89 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, in the second half, there was a lot more uh, ground game than through the air. Uh, Jacob Conover did come in through one pass. It was not completed. Uh, Jackson McChesney was the leading rusher for BYU. 10 carries for 43 yards. Tyler Algier. Played in the first half, six carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. Lopini Katoa, seven for 24. He did have the fumble that ultimately led to the first touchdown for Idaho State, deep in BYU territory. Neil Pau, one uh, rush for 20 yards. Hinkley Ropati, four for 15. Jaron Hall, four for 13 and a touchdown. Chris Jackson, three for 12. And Samson Nakua, two for 12. Receiving Puka Nakua, another plus 100-yard receiving afternoon. Six catches, 120 yards, one touchdown, a long of 42. Neil Pau, six for 48 and a touchdown. Um, obviously, Neil is one of those guys we're going to be uh, looking to get some sort of an update on his status. Uh, after scoring the touchdown right before the half, he was obviously limping to the sideline. As soon as he got to the sideline, he really dropped down and just didn't want to put any pressure Uh, on his legs, they came over, Uh, he would ultimately come out for the second half in street clothes, he had the, and I believe it was, correct me if I'm wrong, Riley, it was the left foot, is that correct?
2: Left ankle. Yeah, left
1: ankle, so the left foot was in a boot, and he was on crutches, so uh, certainly one of the players that we'll be trying to get some sort of an update on, Uh, but Neil Powell, 6 for 48 and a touchdown, Keanu Hill, 4 for 92, he was second on the team in receiving, he also Had a touchdown, not to mention the block punt that he recovered for a touchdown. Dallin Holker, 2 for 31. Samson Nakua, 3 receptions for 28 yards. Dallin Holker, by the way, that I mentioned the 2 for 31, also a touchdown. Tyler Algier, 1 for 46. Chris Jackson, 1 for 15. Carter Wheat, 1 for 5. Carter also with a fumble, 2 fumbles on the uh, afternoon for BYU. And then Lopini Kato, 1 for 2 and a touchdown. So really... BYU did, Riley, what they needed to do. They were able to spread the ball around. The offense was clicking. uh, And, you know, look, at the end of the day, BYU got the win, 59-14. And and now you see what happens in terms of the teams losing ahead of you and whether or not you can move up.
2: I mean, it's such a tenuous place to be where you're not in control of your own fate and you're hoping – and look – we should all i mean we all are but th- another opportunity to point out how great it is to move into the Big 12 conference when games in november become more meaningful and independence is just so hard to schedule those meaningful games and i mean uh, the entire hope was on usc you know that big matchup at usc to come back in and be relevant again and they're by the way, we're, you were talking earlier about some uh, BYU opponents and, and looking at their strength of schedule. You mentioned Baylor, uh, unfortunately getting beat by TCU, but obviously Utah won last night. Arizona picked up their first win. Utah State won again. They're in first place, so we want all we want all these teams to uh, do really well. Anyway, sorry, uh, but where I was going with that is. Um, in, in November, it's just so hard to stay relevant. So you live and die on every play. So the 14 points seems like a big deal. I think in reality it's not as big a deal as we feel it is for the voters and for the people outside uh, of the BYU fandom. But uh, regard to, to your point, the play on the field today was absolutely excellent. You know, a couple mistakes, but – we're seeing today. and still we win 59-14. Yeah, I was going to say, we're seeing today that uh, other teams are making far more costly mistakes yeah. that are resulting in L's, and that wasn't even a question today.
1: Alright, we're going to take a quick break. Hopefully when we come back, we'll be able to hear Head Coach Kalani Satake from the Zoom Room. More of the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room show next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alright, this is the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room show. Head Coach Kalani Satake addressing the media via Zoom. A lot of
3: guys, a lot of reserve players, um, and I like that our the sideline had a lot of energy from, um, you know, from the starters. And uh, I liked the, the stop at the end. I thought that was really good for our, our young guys. But obviously, there's some mistakes. That, that, that It's that way every game. And so we'll, we'll look at it and, and see what we can improve on. But um grateful we got the win and, and uh, grateful we can keep building on this. And you got to buy next week, you know. So it's a, still a work week for us. But I know we can get some guys healthier without having to play a game next week. So 10 weeks in a row was that's pretty tough, but these guys handled it really well.
4: You recognized 14 players before the game, obviously the three seniors and then the 11 other guys. What was that like for you, that moment of recognizing their contributions?
3: Yeah, the, the three seniors especially, you know, we, we know that this is it for them, uh, and that's with Lopan, and Capici and, and Sampson, but... Um, the others it's just kind of uh, up in the air still on, on some of them but i thought it was important that um that if it is, if it is their last game that that uh, we recognize them and, and give them a chance to to do the senior walk at the end and, and go through the whole festivities and, and have them um you know just if 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 some of them come back and great we'll do it again next year you know but I, I think for us is to make sure that we did it the, that we just did it just in case it was their last one i wish we could have done that with zach Last year, you know, and so um, I think we're always going to if there's a chance that they could leave, we're going to try to put them in that, that senior, um, you know, recognition uh, for them. So but I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we'll have this, some discussion and see what's going to happen with uh, with those other um, guys. I think there's 11 others and we'll figure out what's best for them and and, um, and they'll go from there. But we just want to make sure that they get recognized just in case.
5: John and then Jay.
4: Kalani, one one of those younger guys you mentioned that got some meaningful reps in the second half today was Keanu Hill. Um, Had 92 yards and a touchdown, four catches, and then he blocked and recovered that punt in the end zone late in the fourth quarter. Uh, What can you say about the effort you saw from him and and his progression here late in the season?
3: You know, we... we, um... We knew he was something special. I I I think it's just for him the opportunity to get at get get there and on the field and play, and uh, he's shown uh, that he can do it throughout the season. Uh, we needed to rely on him a little bit more today, and uh, special teams wise, I think he he felt like he was gonna. He kept telling us he's gonna block one, and uh, you know Kyle Griffiths, who does a lot of our duties with with uh, our punt in return, he and Fessy. I mean. Uh, coach griffiths made a deal that if they blocked one that he'd shave his head so that's what they're doing in the locker room right now shave his head a little bit and and anything to make our our graduate assistants um embarrassed that's what our players i think that's a motivation for them so keanu wanted to see that done and that's why he got the block but i think that was all that was there that he we had to hurry up the punt and try to get the, the ball to hobbs and have them um block a little bit longer so that we can get a good return and i thought the most part Hobbs and Talmadge got in there and got some returns they did a good job on the punt return phase giving us a better field position I thought their punter he, he, he kicked the crap out of the ball you know did some really good things uh, I'm, I, I'm proud of uh, the way Rico punted too he pinned one deep for us and so uh, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed when you have good punters I think we wanted to just stress them a little bit and, and glad we were able to, to do some things and, and get some plays
6: Hey, go ahead. Kalani, you've played 10 straight games. Give us a progress report. How do you think these guys are doing? And more importantly, are they continuing to improve as the season goes on?
3: Yeah, I think there's been a lot of um, changing lineups. You know, we've got uh, – you just have a bunch of guys that just got banged up. And whether they're um, 100% or not, there's some people that just couldn't go and we had to fill in with, uh, with different starters, you know. And, and so – looking at the depth chart it doesn't look like today like it was back in, in August you know and so but I, I thought the 10 weeks our guys did a great job at coaching I mean our coaches did a great job at, at instructing our players I thought our players really answered um, the call whenever their number was was up to, to be on the field uh, we can improve there's there's definitely a lot of room for improvement but for the fact that we're a pretty young team and that we played like a lot of young guys, um this season and some of it was by choice but some of it was just forced because of injury um I think we're in a really good spot now uh 10 weeks in a row is not easy especially when you're playing a lot of the teams that we played and then the physical football that we we saw so um some of those guys will be able to recover and not having a game next weekend is going to be good for their recovery getting healthy we'll get some guys back but um there's, there are some some guys that still need work and so um we're going to have the same mindset of getting better with those younger guys and some guys that have, um, you know, we're going to depend on them in, in the George Southern game. So they need to work and that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the focus. I, I think everybody's going to go through a little bit of a situational uh, recovery. Some guys need to practice uh, every rep and, and do some physical things next week. Other guys just need to get uh, polished up their, their technique and their fundamentals and, and um, mentally get better, but. Uh, don't need to see them do much on the field so th- th- that's what we're gonna do next week
6: when you retire are you going to be a band leader
3: i was pretty good huh <laughs> I, I mean I, I i'm not trying to brag about myself i'm usually i mean i was i was surprised i think it's just if i could keep a beat you know so i thought it was fun but um i had a, a good uh moment before the season to interact with the band and um to talk to them and uh it's been really fun uh just being able to connect with them and see things that they do I think uh, that that's that's a, a big part of what we uh, do here at BYU just the whole experience of having them and I just hope they they know how much I appreciate them and then uh, just the, in combination of that it's the uh how awesome was it to see the fans in the stands and packing the stands uh, for this FCS game it meant a lot to our players and I hope our fans know how much we love and appreciate them and it wasn't just this game it was the entire season um, you know, we're sad we're not playing at home anymore, but uh, it, it was really cool to have the fan support and the the, and the energy that the fans bring—the rock—and uh, everyone is just—it's amazing. And I hope our fans, uh, Cougar Nation, knows how much our players, our coaches, everyone in our program really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
5: You last question from Jared.
4: Connie, we didn't really talk about it, but you're wearing the camouflage to recognize and honor the uh, the military today for this game. What does that mean to you?
3: Yeah, I just want to recognize the military and their, um, you know, the, the, everything that they do for our lives, the, the, the freedoms that we enjoy, um, the lifestyle that we have. Uh, just we we can't show enough appreciation, but if there's a way that we can recognize them, I know college football is doing that. Uh, uh, next week. Uh, we don't have a game next week, so we wanted to do it early earlier. And so I think the, the more we can be mindful of, of, the sacrifice that others, uh, make for us, uh, I think it's really important. And, um, I hope, I hope everyone out there that has loved ones in the military and, and, and those that are sacrificed, their time, their energy, and, and so, and many of them, their lives, I hope they know how much we love and appreciate that. So, um, it was good. I mean, I, I like wearing this, I I was confused because I wasn't sure if it was going to be hot or cold or what was going on today and pretty warm day for November and I I, I was really happy with it. So uh, camouflage is a little bit slimming, they tell me, so I should wear it more
4: often. (laughs) Well, along those lines, Kalani, we've talked a lot just about how you want your guys to be well-rounded. Football is important, but so is school, so is social life. So are things like this, recognizing the military or recognizing the band. Do you see that passing on to those guys do you, do you see them embracing that that well-rounded mentality
3: It's it's something that they teach me I have a, a group of great young men that have tons of appreciation and gratitude for the fans for everyone at BYU for the faculty staff their coaches the, for each other and more importantly for most importantly for their loved ones and then uh I think uh playing the game is really really cool but um, the fact that they they do it with a lot of energy and, and joy, that, that makes it all worthwhile for the people that have sacrificed for them. But these young men are special. They're, they're, they're uh, special to me and to a lot of people, and, and I'm just honored to coach them and, and really happy that they teach me a lot of lessons. They make me a better person. So I enjoy doing this.
1: So thanks so much for your time, Coach. Okay, thanks, that's guys. Stay Coach safe. Kalani Satake. When we return, you'll hear from Keanu Hill. final score. More of the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show next on the new skin, BYU
0: Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network
1: day for the BYU Cougars and a good day for Keanu Hill. He's addressing the media via Zoom. Let's listen in.
6: What, what maybe didn't they like uh, that they say you guys can work on? What do you mean by that? Just, I mean, you, you guys obviously wanted to play a perfect game, but you fell just a little bit short, you know, the turnover. What did the coaches harp on, if anything, at halftime? Oh, or just after the oh,
5: game. Just to keep playing our football, you know, we always have a get through, have to get battle through adversity from time to time, you know, if things don't go away, you know, we know we we can stay as a team, stay as one, and uh, just bounce back from it. So the coaches just really know that we can just come together as one uh, adversity hits mm-hmm. us, so. John, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I know the last couple, three games, you've had a chance to really have, play a bigger role in the offense and, and kind of show what you do what what's been your attitude and, and your approach going into these games with increased meaningful reps
5: oh just just to be ready you know I'm you know I feel like I'm always improving every week and uh, you know I already know coach he knows what I can do on the field what I can do I've shown it and uh, you know just to be ready when coach Fessy calls my name and you know go in there and make plays as he believes in me and I believe in myself. Awesome, any last questions for Keanu before we wrap up? Cool, thanks. Oh, Jared, go ahead.
4: Keanu, talk about getting ready for the bye week and having a break after this, you know, kind of marathon so far this season.
5: Mm, Just heading into the bye week, you know, uh, just to focus on just everyone getting back together, everyone getting back healthy and stuff, you know, we're going to have Gunner coming back after this bye week and, you know, just everybody staying healthy. And you know, still focusing on the next opponent at hand Too, we can't really forget like forget what you're doing and stuff, but we've got to focus on the next opponent next. Awesome, thanks, Keanu. Thank
1: you. Okay, that's uh, wide receiver Keanu Hill. As we mentioned, a really good day for him, uh, not just in terms of receiving yards four for ninety-two and a touchdown, but obviously the blocked punt recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. So uh, a good day for him and and, and Riley. He's a guy that uh, you know th- when you look when you look at when he came into this program. I mean that was everybody's was really excited. And look, if you think about what what receivers are already here, it's a it's a situation where you know guys are just going to have to kind of buy their time. But you know he was asked about you know getting those opportunities later in the season. And you know a guy like uh, Keanu Hill, it's an opportunity for him uh, to be able to make. make some inroads and i think a game like today for keanu um can can do that uh let's go back to the zoom room uh matt crittle is one of the guys being honored today not one of the seniors but did get honored and he's addressing the media now let's listen in
5: jared go ahead
4: matt what was that game like for you to get those opportunities and be able to make some of those plays you were able to make
7: Honestly, it was just a, a major blessing uh, as a dream come true that I, I got this opportunity. And I'm, I'm grateful for the outcome, too. I um, was able to make the most of it with the opportunities I was given. So, yeah, I'm just grateful for the coaches for trusting in me and my teammates as well. So
4: I also wanted to ask about the recognition. What's it like with the guys, 14 guys recognized, lots of options as far as for a lot of those guys as far as what they might do after this game, but, but, uh, what was that like before and after the game?
7: Um, are you referring to the guys who, um, who wa- like celebrated yeah. senior day? The guys who did so, good?
4: Well, the, the celebrated, the guys who chose to celebrate today, uh, who, even uh, though they might have options oh, to, okay. to come back.
7: Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a weird feeling. Like I'm, I'm in the same boat or I could come back uh, another year if I wanted to, but, I feel like some guys, they just feel like their, their purpose as a BYU football player has been fulfilled maybe, or um, I know there's a few guys who are looking to move on to the NFL and take that next step seriously. Um, But for me, I just felt, I just felt like it would be smart to celebrate this as my senior day because I I feel like it's, my time has come to an end.
4: So what the, what was that moment? Those moments like both before the game and after the game for you and for those guys to kind of do that here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium.
7: Oh, it was awesome! Um, everything that they had planned for us to do, um, from the Cougar Walk to the um, getting out, getting to run out onto the field and see our families um, at on the fifty yard line was uh, just unbelievable. It was uh, such an experience that it's hard to describe honestly. Um, and then afterwards, too, just with the, all the fans congratulating us on the win and congr- congratulating the seniors on our careers. Um, it was honestly just awesome to have those, um, those people uh, surround us with love and uh,
6: appreciation.
5: Jay, and then Ron.
6: Hey, Matt, uh, give us kind of a progress report through 10 games, how you think this team is progressing, and then also, in a game like this, do you feel like there was room for improvement, and and if you guys did improve during this game, yeah. Um, through ten games, I mean,
7: we can't uh, be disappointed with our record currently, but um, we've we've had a lot of injuries, um, a lot of difficulty that way. Um, so we've had to have a lot of guys step up and and different ways. Um, I think we showed how dominant we were uh, in the first half and. Um, in the second half, uh, we had some, some other guys step up and, and play, and I thought we did a great job overall. Um, but overall, I'd say our team is in a good spot. Maybe we have a bye week coming up, um, and we're going to take that seriously. I know we're going to practice several days of the week next week and, um, and, tr- and strive to get better as a team.
8: Matt, describe your INT. You had a pass breakup um, first, and then it looked like it was going to be a pass breakup. Um, the second time, but then you came away with the ant. What did you see on that play and jumping the route and coming away with interception?
7: Yeah. Um, so initially, uh, it was zone coverage, but because of the formation they were in, we kind of checked to a man free uh, essentially. Um, and just based on the split of the receiver, I kind of played inside and tight on on his leverage. Um, and he ran a little slant route, and I was able to. Since I was already inside, I was able to play it pretty tight, and the quarterback ended up throwing it. And I saw him throw it, and I was able to jump inside and hit it. And we kind of were fighting. It kind of got tipped up, and we were fighting for it. But luckily, I came down with it, and, and we got the INT. So it was awesome.
5: <clears throat> Sean, and then Jared.
8: Matt, Ronald, uh, almost literally asked the question that I was going to ask you right there. So I just want to follow it up with this. There's a guy who's normally on this call in here. Um, I don't think he's here right now, but how does it feel to be the best Criddle in BYU football history?
7: Uh, I mean, I'll take my victories today, but I mean, Ben was, Ben was a heck of a player and uh, he had a lot more accolades than I, I have had as a player, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take um, maybe the the award for having maybe the best single game as a Criddle in Lavelle Edwards stadium, but overall I'd say Ben ben wins as the <laughs> the best Criddle overall football player so
4: Matt you've seen this team go through ups and downs through your career what's it like to you know since you've decided that that you've drawing to a close what's it like to see the program where it is at now as you move on and and the foundation that's been laid and the success this team's having
7: yeah it's it's such an experience to, to have been part of the team when I got here and seeing where we are now. I, I came in um, right after the four and nine season in 2017. So my first spring was 2018. Um, and we had a better year that year than the year before. And, and ever, ever since then, we've just gotten a little better and a little better. And we've just grown as a team. Um, and that's due to the coaches and the players all coming together as one and and having a single goal in mind to constantly improve um, and work together as a team to achieve our goals. And I think we're, we're doing that. And, and where we're at right now, I think we can achieve a lot as a team this year, even though if the season's coming close to an end, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us.
5: Awesome. Thanks, Matt, for joining us.
7: Thanks, guys. All right,
1: that was Matt Crudel. We'll take a break. Come back here from Lopa Leatawa. BYU gets the win, 59-14 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Back down to the postgame Zoom Room. Lopa Leatawa talking to the media.
9: Oh, man like he's not even open you're just throwing it for free <laughs> I was like ah but you know what we got the dub and it was awesome and it was a great way to finish out the game I wish there was a shutout, out but you know it's not too bad
5: okay hey, any last questions before we wrap up
4: well, but I asked I asked Matt this but I was just going to ask you about where the program is right now, nationally recognize the growth. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, but, uh, you know, here on senior day from where it came from to where it is now, it's gotta be rewarding to have seen that progress.
9: Oh yes. It's so rewarding. Um, Kalani has found his groove. And I'm so glad that, um, the foundation we laid has started to pay off. Um, like I said earlier in the year, the, last year was not a fluke you know and you know it's funny because I saw a lot of people like laugh about it especially when Zach Wilson and everyone was leaving this is like a continued thing that we want to build hopefully next year when I'm gone the seniors next year can build up on that and um yeah BYU is like coming for a reckoning bro. like I feel like BYU is really good with the big 12 coming in I think I saw like a five-star recruit out there and like You know, four or five years ago for BYU, that was, like, crazy. But nowadays, it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, normal. So I just wanted to, like, say out to, like, Cougar Nation, like, don't be, like, surprised with, like, how well everyone's going to be doing. Kalani's got a good, like, hold of everything.
5: Jay, and then Sean.
6: Uh, Hey, Lopa, this was, like, one of the earliest senior days in, like, in 20 years at BYU. How difficult will it be to just bounce, return from this, get back on the field in two weeks, and play, you know, two, probably three more games?
9: Yeah, um, I don't think it'll be that difficult at all. Uh, The motions were pretty high today, but next week is the bye week. We need that. Certain guys are banged up. But I don't feel like um, we'll skip a beat. one thing we need to make sure is while we're practicing next week and the week after, that we go pretty hard and <laughs> just have fun with it, man. <laughs> I feel like people would just get, like, a little tired halfway through the year or the ending stretch. And, um, you know, we control our own destiny with how uh, all the rankings and stuff were going. So, you know, if we play really well, we'll have a shot, hopefully.
8: But, yeah, it'll be cool. Lopa, we asked you earlier in the week about your actual senior class, kind of the, the three, the three amigos, if you will, you, PC and, and Samson getting to join you there. Um, what about those other guys, though, that kind of join you as sort of the either or seniors, you know, guys like, you know, like Matt and Tyler and uh, Gunner, James. What what did it mean to kind of have them out there with you guys kind of celebrating as the as a senior class, whether they come back or not?
9: So, like, it was always a secret, I guess. But, like, I lived with, like, Neil and Tyler. And so, like, I knew the whole time. And so, like, it's kind of fun. You know, like, we were like, oh, yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> but um, it was cool. I don't know. I, I think certain guys are going to be for sure missed. Like, I know James will be missed. He's a leader on and off the field. I know Neil, he um sucks what happened to him. But, like, he, he bounced back so well and, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm so happy about this group of guys like Lopini and it's a really good, strong group that we're leaving out with. And, um, I totally went off subject and I know I did not answer your question, but there, there's your answer. <laughs> well,
8: you, you answered it perfectly. Like you always do, man. Well, well done. Well done.
5: Awesome. Thanks Loba.
1: Thanks, <laughs> All right, that was Lopaleatawa, the in the game today. Uh, one tackle; it was a solo tackle. And Riley, uh, we were talking during Cougar pregame live just how much we have enjoyed getting to know him um, through his interviews and just how candid he is. I mean, you can hear him in those interviews. He's he is a, he's very confident. He speaks his mind, and I love it.
2: And. You know, he maybe doesn't quite grasp that he just broke some news that maybe is not his news to break. And granted, it's not confirmed yet, but talking there about his roommates and how they uh, and their plans for the future. But uh, those official press releases, I'm sure, will come. And uh, I know Kalani, and maybe we'll ask him a little bit about this in, in our interview with him. Is doesn't want that to become a, a distraction for him. But no, definitely going to miss Lopo. Good thing
1: is we got three more shots at getting him in post game pressers. So that's right, that's right. And speaking of opportunities to get more guys post game press conferences. Another opportunity to speak with the quarterback, Jaron Hall, joining us on Headset. Jaron, it's Shep. It's Riley. Congratulations on what another up, victory, Shep? man. What's up, brother? It's good to talk to you. Hey, good talking to you, my, my
10: guy. So
1: uh, congratulations <laughs> on the win. Um Thank you. you. put up uh, basically an entire game's worth of offense <laughs> in a <in coughs> half, and that looked pretty fun.
10: It was a good time, man, from beginning to end, just to continue rolling from last week and just having fun playing ball. It was, uh, Yeah, it was fun.
2: Jaron, uh ex- extreme efficiency 20 for 25 almost 300 4 TDs did uh you have a sense that that's how the first half was going to go or what I mean you come in kind of expecting it but it's a different thing to produce it on the field what was that like today
10: Yeah I mean you never know what to expect you know you know you know well, I guess you know what to expect from a defense but a uh, game plan you know we're such a balanced team you never know what you'll get one day and um, today they had a good game plan for the run game, and so it gave us a lot of chances to throw the ball downfield. And as always, our guys did a good job making plays.
1: I think this is a, a testament, and look, we've seen this on display all year long. But you know, every touchdown is from a different person, and mm-hmm. you're spreading the ball around. I mean, everybody in that first half didn't matter who you were going to, it was successful. And I think that speaks volumes about the talent that's in this program.
10: Exactly, it makes it makes uh, the offense you know function a lot more. Um, efficiently when you have x amount of guys that you can go to any given time you know defenses can't they can't plan on one or two guys you know to kind of base their scheme around but now they got to worry about five six guys at any given time so,
2: uh, Greg coined it the Puka drive, but on his touchdown catch, <coughs> the, he caught the ball the two previous times. Were you exploiting a matchup, or did the read just happen to to get the ball to him because he caught it on a hitch, then uh, you hit him on, I think, a comeback, and then you threw the fade to him for the touch three straight times. What led to that?
10: Yeah, they just kept, they played a lot of cover three that drive, and, and you know the safety went over the middle, Puka had a lot of space, him one-on-one with that DB pretty much, and um, you know, the flat defender didn't get much depth, so we just continued to take what was there. You know, both sides could have been good completions, but the easiest play on the field each time was just to go to Puka with, you know, pretty much a one-on-one matchup.
1: What was the vibe on the sideline in the second half? Obviously, most of the starters, with the with the exception of, of the offensive line, most of the guys were on the sideline. Uh, what was the vibe from the offense in that second half where maybe the ball wasn't moving as as
10: smoothly as it did in the first two quarters yeah i mean uh, it, this entire second team came in you know it's the first action they've got all year so you know it can happen you know your first time playing you're just kind of getting a feel for it um but i think idaho state also made some adjustments and did some good things um you know they made made our gave us an issue with our cadence at some point so they did a lot of good things and i um, mean you know, that's something we'll learn from moving forward but uh yeah i mean overall they did a good job taking care of the ball for the most part other than a player or two. and um, I'm just proud of our guys who stepped in, hadn't played all year, and, and went out and had some fun. We had a good time, you know, supporting them and cheering them on.
2: Jaron, I felt like there was uh, the screen passes. We saw <laughs> more variations. Was that a particular uh, weakness that you all were trying to exploit against Idaho State, or was it more coming into the game saying, hey, let's let's try and add to this package and, and test them out against Idaho State, knowing that perhaps if they didn't work out, you were going to still be able to overcome it?
10: Yeah, they gave us a lot of opportunities to throw. Um, they're usually pretty soft on the outside with their corners. They gave a lot of space. So, you know, why not get our guys, you know, our big alignment out, Ball and, in, space, out right? in space in the field, go make some blocks? And and then give our receivers a chance to just run with it in our backs. And, you know, we did, I think we did a good job exploiting that.
1: So, Jaron, the uh, most passing touchdowns you've had with four, at your best uh, rating at twenty at 232.5, uh, you obviously have just continued to get better and better and better. Where do you feel you have improved the most from the Arizona game?
10: My um, thing is managing the flow of the game, um, having a feel for, you know, the ups and the downs and, and keeping our, our guys consistent. Um, and they do the same for me. Um, and so I think really that's a team step, you know, honestly, but uh, but for me just you know, just keeping everyone in um, kind of together with their thoughts and, and, and the energy. I think it's been a good job of just keeping a good flow and, and not getting too up or too down. Um, so, again, I, I don't know if that's as much me or is it is a team <laughs> thing, but that's kind of what I feel we've done really well.
1: All right, Jaron, last thing before we let you go. We do appreciate your time. Uh, maybe just a thought or, or so from you on on the guys that you know are going to be gone. There were obviously some seniors mm-hmm. uh, that they were. We know that this is their last season, but maybe some guys that, you know, may have not made that decision yet. But uh, just maybe a thought for the guys that may or may not be uh, be here. Uh, your, yeah. your thoughts on what they've meant to this program. Man,
10: I, I hate this part of the year, honestly. It breaks my heart, you know, the, the senior walking into the game. And, and just to realize, how much time you spend with these guys, just this familiar faces and, and the banner in the locker room and stuff you're not going to have anymore. It's, it's, it's honestly kind of sad. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're looking forward to them and their futures. But, I mean, honestly to us, it's meant the world to have them. I think the last two years you've seen seniors each season come in and step up, and I think that's what's attributed to the success that we've had as a team. Um, and you see when you're on the sideline. You see in the locker room. You see it on our, our group chats on Pronto with our position groups, guys chiming in and, and giving thoughts and suggestions on games. Um, Just at every level, you possibly can have communication. Those guys are always right in the middle, um, setting good examples and and really just giving us something to work towards as underclassmen to to be like and to kind of keep that flow going in years to come. So I'm going to miss them, man. It it breaks my heart. We have a lot of seniors that have meant a lot to me and and to our whole team. I know that.
1: Jaron, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a great individual performance. Congratulations on the team win. And, hey, enjoy the bye week. I know you guys are still going to practice, but hopefully you'll be able to find some time to enjoy the (laughs) off time, right? Absolutely. All right, Jaron. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. There you go. Jaron Hall, the BYU quarterback, joining us here as we wrap up the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. When we come back, it's the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show with Kalani Satake. The head coach will join us when we return on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at EconPartners.com. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard.
1: Final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 59 to 14. BYU getting the victory. Uh, before we talk with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, let's hear from the head coach of the Idaho State Bengals, Rob Finnessy
11: addressing the media. afterwards. throws weren't there, but you know, as he settled down, he got some, got some throws in and got going.
7: Why is it uh, kind of so important for you to uh, kind of recognize you know, Kalani's, you know, Thing about respecting the game why is that so important for you as because
11: sure. some people would try to just blow out a fcs team and and pad their stats and he didn't you know he, yeah. he he gave his guys a plus he's you know he told me before the game he's going on a 10 they're 10 in a row they haven't had a buy yet they're biased this next week and and uh uh you know they needed to give those guys a break as well but like i said i just appreciate you know I, i'm the same way you know when we were here last time uh, he took a knee on the five yard line when he could have very easily scored and, and made the score worse and told him the same thing then He's a class act and our staffs respect each other uh, We're we're close with a lot of them and uh, you know It's not one that you know, you're gonna go out and try to stomp on the other guy's throat, you know uh, And embarrass him and so uh, you know, you respected us Going forward as you guys finish out your season in big sky play. I mean is there anything
7: you can take from this game that you know, helps you down the stretch or not really?
11: Yeah, I think uh, I think Sagan, you know, showed he could do a little bit, and we just got to keep working on him. Uh, but no, we're we're we, were, uh, we got uh, we flushed it as soon as I, I broke the team right there. I said we're on to Cal Poly, and uh, uh, we're done with this one. We're gonna get on the bus. Uh, we get some raisin canes going back, which is everybody's favorite usually. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we and uh, uh, I told him. We're we're knee deep in Cal Poly tomorrow, and and that's all. It's all our focus is is Cal Poly, Big Sky, big, uh, get a, get a win in the Big Sky.
7: Yeah. Is there anything going on with the Xavier? I just didn't see he didn't get a target today.
11: No, uh, just uh, Demonte Horton's back, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 we needed to get him a lot of game reps to see how how he responded, and and it's, you know it's hard when and you got Tanner Connor playing the way Tanner's doing, uh, you know it's just it's it's that's a good problem to have because I thought Demonte played well today. Yeah.
1: All right, that was uh, Idaho State head coach Rob Fennessy in and, uh, and uh, Riley. Look, these these games, the quote unquote money games for the you know FCS teams. These can't be easy to play. I mean, you realize that there is a financial benefit to it, but you know you're going up against a team um, that y- you know is bigger and faster and stronger. You know this. It, sometimes y- you got to think this just weighs on some of those players. It does. But I was
2: surprised to hear in the pregame, I think Idaho State's like 2-17. and 17, So they've won a couple of them. Right. So, you know, and and it's a chance that it, it helps them in recruiting to, you know, allow them at least on an individual basis because, I, you know, I know Weber put some guys into the pros last couple of years, Southern Utah a couple of years before that. So it allows individual players who might have a shot at the next – uh, at the next level to get a little bit different tape against a different competition. But it is psychologically as a team as a whole, especially when you're struggling at your own division, to play up a division uh, against a 15th-ranked team in the division above you, Uh, It's got to be hard. So they came in. They did it. You know, the coach had some things that he can build on. But as they say, they they got bigger fish to fry, and that's trying to get a, a win in their own conference.
1: Well, and you heard Coach Fennessy talk about how much he appreciates the way head coach Kalani Satake handles games like this. And, you know, Coach Satake the entire week, he mentioned it to the media. I know he talked to the players about respecting the game and respecting the opponent. And, you know, that's that's obviously something that carries a lot of weight in the coaching community. And uh, Coach Fennessy, obviously appreciating exactly uh, what he saw today from the BYU Cougars. And speaking of head coach Kalani Satake, it is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Larry H. Miller Auto conveniently located in Provo, Linden and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto driven by you. We are now joined by the head coach Kalani. Kalani it's, uh, it's Shep. It's Riley. Congratulations on the victory what's up guys how you doing we're doing good so did uh did we get a little glimpse on what your word calling is are you the uh, are you the music uh like the the music chorister <laughs> out oh, with the band today please no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that was
3: fun but uh, it was because of my connection with the band I, I, it was it was really cool um we were able to connect earlier this year before the season and uh i'm, I'm honored that they asked me to do that and, and uh I I just I can keep a beat. I don't know if I can uh, do other than that anything else than that, but I it was a lot of fun.
1: What does a day like today? Well, I mean, we'll we'll get to the actual on the field stuff, but what does a day? It's the final game, you know, an opportunity to end the the home season at five and one, and to be able to send the seniors and possibly some others that you may or may not know about out on a right note. What does a day like today mean to you?
3: Yeah, it's good, and and, and the most important. Part of what happened today was that the fans were here, and they packed the house on uh, an FCS opponent, and um, it, it just meant a lot to our players. That 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 there was just a packed house. I mean, they've done that the entire season. They they uh, they brought su- such great energy and um, it's such a great vibe for us, and it's such a cool setting, you know. And um, I, I think uh, I just I just hope the fans know how much. I appreciate it, but our our whole program, all the players just really appreciate that. And uh, man, they they love the fans so much.
2: Yeah, the environment here was something to behold for sure. Um, Coach, as far as once the game got kicked off, seemed like you were executing on both sides, uh, uh, both sides of the ball on all cylinders. uh, Kept up with the trend through this season of starting fast. It was, ti- it was something that uh, in years past the teams have struggled with. What has been the emphasis, or what's been the change to allow your guys to start so fast, both offensively and defensively this year?
3: Well, I think it's just, uh, you know, we have some young guys, but it's the coaching, allowing our players to play fast and not having to think too much. And uh, I think sometimes we can get in the way of uh, coaching, uh, coaches I mean, like, you know, giving them too much to prepare for and uh, I think it comes down to just putting them in a position where they can have success. And a lot of times uh, when you're playing a lot of new guys, um, it comes down to just simplicity. And so I, I think we had some simple things happen out there and executed the right way. And, you know, we had a lot of new bodies on the field. I mean, Matt Crittle started for us at Strong Safety and did a great job um, filling in for a bunch of injured guys, you know. And, and, and uh, his moment was was now to shine. And he did a great job, got an interception, got some tackles. And, um, that's just one story, but there's a lot of guys that stepped up and, and, uh, waiting for their, their moment and they made it count, you know? So, um, I think, uh, overall just the, 10th game getting that win, uh, that was such a huge relief for our guys, but, uh, man, they had so much fun doing it. And I, I saw a lot of, gu- a lot of guys get better, uh, through the experience today. And, and, I'm, I'm really proud of that.
2: Yeah. You mentioned that simplicity and I thought that we had Jaron on the headset before you came on and I'm the touchdown drive where Puka caught the touchdown in the end zone. He actually caught the two balls previously. And I asked him what, uh, you know, what led there? Was it a defensive shift or did you a matchup? He goes, well, the corner was playing soft. So I kept going over there, which I thought was an extremely elegant answer uh, in its simplicity. But what is it like to have playmakers and guys like Jaron and Puka and, t- I mean, not just them two, but, uh, but all the rest of the offense that are able to, p- to play so fast and make such good decisions?
3: Yeah, I I honestly thought that the, the guys were on top of it. I mean, it, it it sometimes you see guys this late in the season start to to um, fall off a little bit in production, and I feel like our guys keep getting better and and they keep getting better and it keeps getting cleaner. Um, the thing that was frustrating to me were some of the mistakes. I, I get it, but that's coaches, you know. I think for the players though, I thought the decision making uh, by Jaron was was on point, you know, and he's been doing a great job at. And making good decisions and being careful with the football and um knowing whether to throw the rpo or or, or give the run knowing where to pull it um, just all the things that he's done uh, getting the offense set up where to go with the ball what's the safest throw um and, and I, th- I thought uh, overall i don't know what his numbers exactly were but i, I thought he was pretty efficient for the Twi- most part just so you know, you know
2: 20 for 25 to uh 298 and four tds and it was
1: his highest efficiency rating ever
9: T- yeah, and
3: and and that's great for only playing the first half, you know. So that's yeah. that's good, and it was good to get Baylor out there and get some other guys some carries, you know. Um, you, you saw Jackson McChesney get out there carry the ball a little bit, and um, it, it's just good to get a bunch of different bodies up there. We had a lot of guys uh, play some o line and D line, and uh, man, we rotated a bunch of guys. And I just like the way the defense ended the the game. I know that they gained some yards and got down there in in, in uh, scoring position, but man, what a great way to stop it. And, and, and for those young guys, it's a great moment for them to learn. And I think this was a good moment for us. We wanted to have meaningful reps for, for uh, some of our depth. And this was the moment in the second half where they could really shine and, and do some things. And, and we're playing our regular defense and we weren't playing um, you know, just a van- uh, the vanilla generic defense. We we're, were doing our whole game plan. And uh, it was fun to see those guys really get better and take advantage of the experience.
1: Kalani, one more question before we take a break. Uh, we saw coming out of the second half, we saw Neil Pau in a boot and on crutches. Uh, is there any update? Do you know anything in terms of his status right now?
3: I don't think we know enough to um, uh, to to really make a statement. Other than we still have to evaluate it tomorrow and uh, even today, just kind of see what's going on. But yeah, I, I think uh, you know he he couldn't even complete the senior walk that deal, so. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I, I think until we know more, I, I'm doing a press conference on Monday. Mm-hmm. I'll have a lot more information then.
1: Okay. All right. One more segment with Coach Satake. We'll talk with the coach when we return. You're listening to the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast Booth and join Riley Nelson along with your host, Jason Shepard.
1: Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, one more segment with the coach, Kalani Satake joining us just outside the locker room here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU getting the win, 59 to 14 Cougars improving to eight and two through 10 games and coach it it took 10 weeks but you finally have a bye week uh, what's the plan how are you planning on handling this uh,
3: some young guys need some work and other guys I mean we all need the work but I, I think it's going to be um, uh, trying to get better trying to be more efficient because uh, you can't just take the time off you know we have to practice so we're going to get some good practices next week um, but it all—the intensity depends on who, on who you are. Uh, so I think a lot of young guys can can learn from being physical, hitting and tackling. Uh, a lot of the older guys just got to get the timing right, stay fresh on everything that we're doing, fundamentally with offense, defense, and special teams. And then, um, you know, the only difference is that we're not going to play a game this Saturday. So I think our approach has to be very similar than what we do every week, and then not playing the game on Saturday will allow them to to recover and and and. Um, you know, there's some guys that, that are taking the extra time to get better. I think Gunnar Romney will be with us full-time by the time we get to Georgia Southern week, may, maybe not next week as much. But for the most part, I think we're going to be we're getting some guys back. I, I wonder how many guys we're going to have banged out, uh, up and not into this Georgia Southern game, but they'll at least have another week to, to recover.
2: Coach, this uh, today's November 6th, the second earliest date that BYU has had their final home game is there was a previous year where it ended even in October, October 29th, but uh, with all the festivities, I mean, be, the home game came to, or sorry, this to, today's game brought the home schedule to a close. But there's still three more games to play. How do you, how do you make sure, especially going into a bye week, that you don't lose steam, you keep up momentum, you keep those dogs hungry, like they say?
3: Yeah, I think we just still keep going. We do our regular schedule. We get get to work. Um, and and that that's the key. Get to work on Monday. I, I think we'll have a meeting and a lift and all those things, and, and try to do as much as normal as we can. And then um, you know f- find some ways to to prep for our opponents, our future opponent, which is going to be Georgia Southern, and spend some extra time on that. But I think for the first uh, half of the week, it's going to be just getting getting our guys ready. And then we'll give them some time to rest over the weekend. Uh, but but the work has got to got to carry on.
1: In a game that had a lot of bright spots, I thought one of the bright spots was Keanu Hill, and that brings us to our economic partner's valuable stat of the game. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise. One of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And, Coach, something happened today that hadn't happened since 2004. It's been 17 years since BYU blocked a punt for a touchdown, and Keanu Hill did it. I thought he had a fantastic day today.
3: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, they give a lot of credit to, to Kyle Griffiths and Fessy Sadake for the the, um, the game plan on punt return and, and Ed Lamb. Those guys saw something, and then Keanu, they challenged Keanu and uh, others on the punt punt return team to – to you know, put pressure on the on the punter to, to kick it, but also to uh, have the protection be a little take a little bit longer to get out and cover. And so, you saw some good returns from Hobbs and Talmadge, and then you saw uh, you know the pressure. We were close a couple times, and um, Keanu, you know, we we practiced that. We we kind of kind of sensed that that was going to happen. And um, glad Keanu was able to get the block. I, I think he got the recovery too, right? Yep, so, he did. Uh, so that that's some skill right there. And, but he he was he was. He knew that that could be a possibility this game.
2: So, Coach, obviously, and you addressed this in your press conference, but there were uh, guys that whose eligibility will not run out that walked, and you explained how you just you'd hate to have a guy miss that opportunity. So, even if there's a possibility he might not be with the team next year, uh, you're gonna you're gonna honor him. But my question is this: How much is part of your culture for those guys, rather than the next level being a distraction, it's a motivator to perform in the present, to put out on tape for draft evaluators and scouts? Um, and, and then not only that get, getting them sending them beyond the program, but is how much is that part of the culture of recruiting as you've had a couple of big wins, big recruiting wins announced this last week as well
3: yeah I think I think the the key is um there are some that that are going to try to go to the NFL and see if that's a possibility and i'm I'm open for that for those guys to have those conversations and to talk with their families and, and figure out what the best th- uh path for them to be. Um, and, and and the decision doesn't have to be made now, but I thought it was just the smartest thing would be to give them to honor them. I just wish we would have done it with Zach last year. I wish we could have done that for him because I think he deserved that. Um, and you know, but the others, it's just there's also some guys that just are are done. They they have job opportunities. They're graduated already, and they want to move on uh, with life. And and they 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 although I think they could play another year, I think they feel like it's you know their experience has been fulfilled, but. It's the guys that are still want to compete and, and want to continue on to the NFL. I think uh, the key will be for us to communicate with them well about where it's sitting. I mean, this is a big draft year, so there's, go, there's a lot more. Talking to the scouts, there's a lot more. Uh, there, there are way more prospects now available to be drafted, and so it's not like your ordinary draft where this is going to be. There's a, quite a few people that are coming out early as well, so um, it, it'll be interesting. But I think the, the fact that our game – You know, our last home game was so early in the season. uh, I think it was was just one of those things where if if there's a question, let's just do it and play it safe and give them the respect and and, and the correct send-off, and then hopefully we can do it times two and get them another one next year.
2: So Kalani's telling us there's not just a log jam at the ports in Long Beach and Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> there's also one heading into the NFL as well. There Makes is. sense. Supply
1: chain disruption hey.
2: <laughs> in every industry. Anyways. Hey, there's
1: nothing wrong with the NFL paying a lot of attention to what's happening in Provo, and that's uh, certainly been the case over the last couple of years. That is increasing. And it's funny, Coach, that uh, that, that Riley asked you a question and, and um, had kind of forwarded into kind of what I was going to ask you. He it's interesting to me that everybody talks about culture and the culture that you have been able to grow here at BYU. I, my, one of my pregame segments uh, is called Shep Talk, and it's just my one-on-one with the player. And so after we get done talking with, uh, about football stuff, I always end it with four personality questions. And I ask, each year they change, but for an entire season, those four personality questions are all the same. So I ask each and every player the same questions. And the last one I asked this year was, what is the best thing about being a part of BYU football? And I have not had one person give their answer and not use one of two words, family, family, and brotherhood every single person has used at least one of those two words to describe the culture and the thing that they love most about this BYU football program what does that mean to you and how have you been able to cultivate that type of culture here
3: well I I think you you guys are giving me too much credit on that one and I think we have really good people here um I, I I am learning and getting better um you know, just in life being here. And I think it's just something that uh, I want our guys to embrace the whole experience. And uh, that's connecting with Cougar Nation, with all the fans, with everybody that's available. Uh, it's something special. You know, it's unique and there's nothing like it. And you miss it when you leave. And so I uh, want our players to to realize and, and they have gratitude. But the other thing is they're all raised the right way. They have great families and, and great loved ones that teach them the right way and, and sometimes it just takes some reminding of why they're doing this and um, and in and, and trying to find ways to keep them humble and, and learning that service and sacrifice means a lot and then that that these guys are all they've been raised that way and so it's just nice for me to just remind them of where they come from and why we do this you know and, and, and I know the game of football is really important but uh, if there's a way that you can use it to help increase your faith and increase your testimony and, and, and find ways to be a better person through this game, this wonderful sport. And, and at the same time, you get to connect with, with the best fans, the best people uh, that surround this university and, and the fan base. It's, it's amazing. So um, it, I think more than anything, I just let it thrive and keep, keep directing them to keep talking to the fans and hanging out with them. I mean, our, our players did not want to leave the field with all our fans that were still here even at the end of the game. Um, they took forever to get into the locker room, and that's that's a huge compliment to the wonderful people that cheer for us.
1: Kalani, last thing before we let you go, I don't know how much you know of Georgia Southern. Obviously, it's still two weeks away, but uh, any, anything you know or can pass along to the fans on what to expect in that game?
3: Well, they got Clay Helton as their head that's coach, right. you know, that's and so right. I, I know that uh, he's on campus and he's working. I don't know exactly what his responsibilities are, what he's w- what he's doing with the team, but uh, we're gonna go watch film now and I think the whole focus was to be on Idaho State Now we'll move on and, and work towards Georgia Southern find ways to get healthy and get better as a team fix the mistakes that we made and, and learn from them and try to minimize as many as we can from here on out but uh, also understanding that everybody's trying their best and and I, I think there's a, a positive optimistic way to look at it and, and help our guys get better.
1: Coach. Congratulations on the victory. Thank you for the time, as always. We'll let you go. Enjoy the bye week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll all be hearing from you next week and heading into the Georgia Southern game. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. There Thank we go. You. Thank you, BYU fans. Love you guys.
1: That is the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. And that wraps up our Cougar postgame coaches show. Coming up next, it is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now we'll have that when we return to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cougars getting the win 59-14 over Idaho State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to Now at byu.edu. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and Jason Shepard.
1: Overlooking the field here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium after BYU improves to 8-2 and two on the season through 10 games. They have a bye this week, then they'll be getting ready. Well, they'll be getting ready for Georgia Southern this week as well, but they won't face Georgia Southern for another two weeks, and that's got to be tough. What's what's the latest, Riley? Do you remember the latest you had your bye week Week ten—that's you're going through ten weeks—and with BYU's schedule of all the, you know, the the p five. mid October. Yeah, it's crazy because,
2: because what you what independence forces you into is you gotta fit those teams in in the first part of the schedule yep. when you can, so it forces it late. But it has never been this—I I was never even close
1: to this late. If you want to join the program, here's how it's y- normally you have three options to get your questions comments into cougar nation now the byu creamery cougar nation now Uh, normally it is direct twitter and normally that's greg today it's me shep at jsn shep so you can tweet me directly at jsn shep you can also use the hashtag byucnn byucnn the third option is normally email today we do not have the email i do not have access to the email so we're just going to go with the first two so if you got want to chime in with a question or a comment Again, at jsnShep on Twitter, and uh, or you can use the hashtag BYUCNN also on Twitter to get uh, to get those questions in. And it was interesting, Riley, based off of the way the first half went, and BYU's offense just clicking. Yes, you had the one turnover in terms of the the fumble that led to the short field. Um, you know, BYU in that first half did exactly what we wanted to see out of them when we were talking in pregame. Offense came out, looked crisp. Again, you had the one fumble. But b- besides that, the, everything went according to plan, just how BYU would have wanted it. No punts, no three and outs. And uh, it's just,
2: I mean, it's the same thing in the Boise game. Is Well, let, let me back up. This fumble was more frustrating. At least the Boise fumbles were caused by – uh, collisions, right? They were big hits directly on the football. This one was just like, how many, how many times has Jaron Hall given a handoff to Lupini Katoa, right? right? And then that happens. So that's the one that's just got you shaking your head. But it wasn't fatal, and and um, you would have liked to see the second unit come out maybe a little bit more motivated as as uh, a, a a shadow of things to come. Uh, as far as the the depth that we've talked so much about, but the depth has has been proven and proved itself so far this year. And, uh, Anyway, just uh, to your point, it went exactly as planned with the exception of giving their offense a couple of short fields that resulted in touchdowns.
1: Well, and you heard Coach Satake talking about the second half and some of the execution issues. And, you know, obviously, as the head coach, he t- he took the blame and you said that's on us to make sure these guys are ready to go. Uh, but, you know, these a lot of guys, like it's the first time we'd seen Jackson McChesney and Hinckley Ropati and... You know, had a lot of guys getting their first opportunity, and look, your team's also up by you know five and six touchdowns. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think the the mental side of these games is probably more difficult than the physical side of these well, games.
2: Well, and it's this is partly mental, partly physical. But I think about Carter Weeds fumble after he caught the ball, you know, on a normal tight end stick route, and turns around these second they don't ever get hit but you're at the point in the season when you're not you're not going live you're not tackling guys to the ground and so and they're not they don't have the week to week reminder of what it feels like and so when they step on the field and they get hit for the first time since fall camp you know things can happen like uh, like getting the
1: ball knocked loose but overall it was gr- it was great so here's my question to you 5914 the final did BYU do enough in your opinion to move up? in the college football playoff rankings because, and we've talked about this all afternoon and early evening, four teams ranked ahead of BYU lost. You had number three, Michigan State, losing to Purdue. You had number nine, Wake Forest, picking up its first loss of the season, losing at North Carolina. And then you had uh, number 12, Baylor, losing to unranked TCU in Fort Worth. And then number 13, Auburn, lost to number 14, Texas A&M. So you had four teams ranked ahead of BYU that lost. Do you think BYU impressed enough with what they did today that we may see them make some sort of, and I don't even want to say significant jump because I'm not really sure what that would be. Do you expect to see BYU make a jump?
2: Yes, but here's only why. Illinois beat number twenty Minnesota. I am more concerned about people leapfrogging BYU because they're winning tough in conference matchups. So Illinois was or Minnesota was ranked twenty. Illinois beat them, so that's nice. Get they were breathing, and then even more breathing right down BYU's neck is number 17 Mississippi State lost to Arkansas, so that bodes even better. Uh, another team that was ranked behind, like, like this, is what I worry about. Number 19 NC State, they beat Florida State. NC State, I believe, is let me check the standings in the ACC. Now with the Wake loss, they are tied. They are the leader in the they. Are leading the ACC, and they are also seven and two. So when the voters look at that, they're like, okay, they're seven and two, and uh, or NC State seven and two, and they are the first place team in a P5 conference. Who do we rank ahead of them? So, uh, but I do think they move up slightly just because no one directly behind them made any significant moves, and I think two of those four losses in front of them,
1: uh, you know, should fall behind them. Mitchell Jurgens joining us now here on. Uh the headset here. He's made his way from uh, field level, helping us out with all of our postgame interviews and whatnot up into the uh, booth. Uh, Mitch, I'll ask you the same question that I just asked uh, asked Riley. Four teams ranked ahead of BYU lost in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, do you think BYU's performance today is, is enough to see them make some sort of a jump? I hope so. <laughs> I we hope all, so. Yeah, I think, w- I think w- look, I expect to see him move up at least a spot. I think, yeah, and
12: I, I think... Uh would not foresee, obviously, a jump to 12. Um, I think 13's a stretch. I think they go one up. Um, it was the Auburn loss. They, they're right in front of them. It goes Correct. Auburn, Auburn and Yep, yep. So maybe Auburn drops below, uh, potentially. Um, Baylor so was
2: one loss or two loss? Baylor is
1: now two loss.
2: You see, that's the problem is it's like, all right, Baylor's two loss now, but they beat they BYU. They beat BYU, yes. yes. Yeah. So do you put them a – you don't slide them behind so. them. No,
1: they'd still be ahead of BYU. Yeah.
12: Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, my prediction would be, yeah, 14,
1: I would think.
2: At this point in the season, any move more than two or three, something significant has to happen. Yeah, something seismic
1: room. has to happen to make some sort of a massive leap. Yeah. I, I think that's the interesting part. Chime in here on the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. You can text, or excuse me, tweet at JSN Shep. Also use hashtag BYUCNN. Uh, we've got a couple people uh, asking about uh, Baylor Romney and, uh, and our thoughts uh, in terms of uh, his performance taking over uh, in the second half. Uh, what did you make of uh, of Baylor's uh, minutes and his reps today?
2: 5 for 12, right?
1: And um, Yeah, 5 for 12, 89 man. yards and a touchdown. He really didn't throw it as much as I expected them to. Now, obviously, you have... It goes back to whether you're not going to run up the score. So Baylor came it goes in, back and to what fantasy was saying. Yeah, and they, they handed the ball off quite a bit, so Baylor really didn't get a chance to throw very much. Well,
2: today. and here's the thing: he was five for twelve, and it's because he was taking shots. I think about the first play of the second half, a play action boot, and uh, Holker was not open. He tried to make a tight window back shoulder throw that was low completion anyway. He was slinging it. Um, it just didn't result in as many. It didn't result in as many um, completions as it normally does. Uh, but. Uh, I thought it was fine. I don't uh, you know, I don't know. it's not it's not any cause for concern. I think Baylor's still the same player that uh, we know him to be, which is undefeated as a starter and really high highly efficient.
12: yeah, ba- Baylor's always been a guy too where um, he hasn't I mean whenever he's come into a game late, he he doesn't blow up the stat sheet. He doesn't you know ha- have um some head turning plays. Um, it's you rely on Baylor when he starts a game, he's phenomenal. And so again, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, uh, you're also running with guys that I mean, prior when Baylor has been on the field, he's been with the one the one unit across the board. This is working with you know two receivers and um, or, or the twos for receiver and, and tight end. And so I, I mean they're a little bit less of talent. He's throwing two um, late in the game, but uh, yeah, no reason for concern. I think. Baylor's going to be Baylor. If he's called upon in, in a big moment, in a big game, he'll deliver because that's just who Baylor is. So,
1: It was pretty phenomenal that you're facing an FCS team and you still have a sellout. And I think that speaks volumes at just how invested BYU fans are in this team, uh, not just this year, but over the last couple of years. And it's just continued to build and build and build what was the atmosphere out there like you were you're down on the sidelines you were out in there what was that like today yeah
12: i mean it was still loud um w- with uh with a packed house uh, one thing i'm learning is as we travel the country i mean lavella stadium gets loud um louder than a lot of stadiums that we go to and um and they bring the energy and and we talked about this a little bit uh pre jason um but this this byu team is just fun to watch and people want to come it doesn't matter who they're playing there's a lot of really unique talent on the BYU roster right now, and it's just fun to watch these guys. I mean, you look at Puka Nakua and and, uh, um, Neil Pau, Samson Nakua, all these receivers that... They're so good after they catch the ball, and, and they're just making things happen. And uh, I mean, that's just three players to name a few. This whole roster is full of um, really talented players, and so this team's just fun to watch. And, and with that said, too, I mean, Kalani's one of the uh, he's got to be one of the most beloved, fun head coaches to watch too. And so I mean, it's a whole experience. It's a whole atmosphere that uh, um, I know BYU Nation is super proud of of what BYU's doing, what kind of program they've put together. And uh, and so they I mean, for a senior night against Idaho State um, late in the season, we still had that packed house. And uh, it was just uh, fun to see everyone rally around that and, uh, and bring the energy that they
1: brought today. You can chime in on the program by using hashtag BYUCNN. You can also tweet at me directly at JSN Shep. Hey, Greg's not here, but we're still going to give away the two half gallons of the uh, famous BYU Creamery ice cream, Uh, we will give you the the trivia question coming up in our next segment. We will take a break. We will have more of BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now when we come back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Join the program via social media using hashtag BYUCNN, or you can tweet at me directly at Shep. We will have our uh, trivia question for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream coming your way at the end of this segment. But I do want to update the soccer game. Uh, The reason that I am handling postgame today is because Greg Rubel, as soon as he was done with calling the game, went over to Southfield to get ready to call a uh, very large soccer game for BYU Women's Soccer. They are hosting Pepperdine. If BYU can win this game, they will win a share of the West Coast Conference Championship. There was an opportunity had Santa Clara either tied or lost at St. Mary's today that a win today for the Cougars would have given BYU the outright championship and the auto bid. Unfortunately, late in overtime, Santa Clara got the uh, goal to beat the Gales on the road at St. Mary's. So BYU now needs to, uh, to beat Pepperdine. They are in the 24th minute, and it is scoreless over at Southfield. We'll uh, try and update you on that before we uh, sign off uh, from here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So obviously the bye week is here for this team, uh, and you know it obviously comes at a at later point of the season. BYU's dealt with injuries and having to use depth. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I know, I know. Uh, the hope is that maybe a guy like Gunnar Romney can be back for Georgia Southern. Uh, you heard from Kalani Sitake. Uh, don't they don't know enough right now about Neil Powell to be able to make a statement. He says he expects to be able to say something. Uh, on Monday in terms of exactly what it is, severity, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see uh, who does come back and, and who uh, they say, you know what, let's, let's, let's hold things off and let's wait for USC. I, I'm kind of curious to, as to who suits up for that Georgia Southern game. Yeah, it sounded
12: like um, it was Keanu Hill. He was like, um, I think he alluded to Gunner maybe coming back this next week or, or in two weeks against right. Georgia Southern, uh, which would be good. But I think one of the biggest things is um, the ex- uh, uh, the experience that uh, Keanu Hill has gotten on the field this year. He's he's really proven to be a, a reliable target. And so if somehow one of those guys can't go, I think Keanu Hill's uh, really stepping up. We saw some good plays from Chris Jackson today. Um, so I think at the receiver level, I mean, you've got uh, guys that in a really strong depth there that uh, if one of the key players cannot go, then um, you shouldn't worry too much because Jaron's, you know, done a really good job facilitating the ball um, to his playmakers, and he's got a ton of them. So hopefully, you know, we, we get good news uh, about Neil on Monday, but uh, if not, um, it's been good to see these guys uh, behind him get reps, meaningful reps, because um, they're, they're only improving.
2: I mean, Michael or Miles Davis got me excited. Chris Jackson got me excited. So
1: There are a lot of guys that played really well today, and you see glimpses of why they're here and the depth behind some of these guys that are starters and certainly cemented there, but you, you see behind those guys what's possible.
2: Yeah, and it's extremely encouraging, and it's, again, a testament. Kalani said we're giving him too much credit, but, I mean, the buck stops with him, but the program also starts with him, so... Uh, to just pack this with talents lopa mentioned that he was like you never would see five-star recruits on this now look we all know the star system is not a perfect measure but he is right in that yeah. you never used to, i mean BYU would get ecstatic about four stars they never saw we never saw five-star guys and now we're seeing them you know come through the door almost every recruiting class so
1: got a lot of people chiming in wanting to talk about the college football playoff rankings and We obviously have discussed this, but we were discussing it in terms of where BYU might be able to move up. Uh, This one coming in, and unfortunately uh, cannot read your your Twitter handle, Uh, but it's a good question, so I'll read the question. Uh, And he's, by the way, using hashtag BYUCNN. It says, with Michigan State losing, do you think this will finally force the college football playoff to include Cincinnati in the top four, or will another P5 jump them again? What do you guys think? I, I I think there's I think the the committee's still going to find ways to not have Cincinnati in the top 4. <laughs> I,
12: I hope that I just give them a shan- give them a chance, right? Give them a shot. Um oh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it, they're the number 6 right now and so they've got to jump two spots. Um I I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, yeah, I have a feeling how the voters are going to how the polls are going to go. Um, going from 2 in the AP all the way down to 6 in the CF or in the CFP rankings. We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I would love to just give them a shot—one that'll open up potentially a spot for BYU um, in a new year six. But um, uh, it would have been nice to see a little bit more commanding of a win from Cincinnati, yeah, um, especially last weekend this week. But uh, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what they say.
1: Look, at this point, they they should be happy to that they won the game, yeah. <laughs> because, because <laughs> I mean, you know, Tulsa had opportunities to to certainly at least give themselves an opportunity to get the touchdown and then go for two to tie it up now we obviously don't know how it would have how things would have changed but yeah look and that's what the committee even said that especially over yes you have the win over Notre Dame that's obviously why you're as high as you are but the committee did not like the way that Cincinnati had been playing and uh the the lack of big margins of victory against some of these teams over the last week and so you know Eking it out this week probably not going to impress anybody.
2: I mean, the Pac-12 can't even get in. <laughs> why do, why do we think a G5 team is going to get in, you know? So, granted, it's nice that it's probably the Pac-12 probably won't get in this year and uh, because by the way, they're always going to self-cannibalize. I don't think anybody has any confidence that Oregon's not going to slip up, right? I mean, or everybody expects y- it. Yeah, I know, right? So, the Pac-12 is not getting in, nobody's getting in from the ACC. But guys, I don't mean to like throw any water on this parade because i love the speculation but is it going to matter here are the points that georgia <laughs> has given up <laughs> over the season yeah this six this point. week seven last week by the way to a ranked florida team 13 the week before to 11 ranked kentucky 10 to number 18th ranked auburn Shut out number eight ranked arkansas shut out vanderbilt 10 points to south carolina seven to uab and three to at the time number three ranked clemson nobody has even scored 14 <laughs> points on them holy cow <laughs> that may Juggernaut. be a victory in and of itself if somebody can score two <laughs> touchdowns two against touchdowns. the defense. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, right. And so let me let me just double-check on this 13, this 13-point 13 total. It was, yeah, it was two field goals. So, yeah, so no, nobody scored even two touchdowns on them.
1: I, I think the, the thing that I think maybe big picture really jumps out to me, I mean, we can talk all we want about whether or not BYU can move up, will they move up, who's going to fall, you know, the four teams losing. I, I think the the big picture that every BYU fan should be completely excited about is the fact that this is now two years in a row yeah. where BYU double is going to get double-digit wins, they are going to be in, you know, a high college football playoff rank, ranking. Um, obviously, last year got as high as 12, you know, but you're, you come in 15 this year. It takes... Now, obviously, is going to the Big 12, so some of this is, you know, that part of it goes away. But if if you're on the outside looking, it takes more sheesh than just sheesh. a year. Well, that's what we're seeing with Cincinnati. Yes, to be able to put in a couple of years like this and be on the radar, not just one year, but two years, getting everybody's attention, it goes to the recruiting part that you talked about in terms of five-star guys paying attention to what BYU's doing. That's the thing to get excited about is that BYU once again is in the mix and BYU is getting talked about and BYU's name is is on these these boards where people are got, talking about the rankings of the best teams in college football. That's the important part that fans should be excited about. If you're
2: about. in the if you're in the P5 right now you can have boomer bust seasons like we've seen with LSU like we saw with uh, Ohio State and that wasn't necessarily boomer bust but I don't know I feel like that Ezekiel Elliott year with Cardell Jones when they beat Oregon yep. like I feel like there there was a boom there and then there was kind of a little bit of a bust after and obviously LSU but you that that's the formula that's been laid out. That's the formula that Boise started off with. TCU and Utah both picked it up. I mean, when Utah made the Sugar Bowl the year before, I believe they were 11 and two, and then they go un- undefeated in 13. Right. That's what we're seeing with Cincy. That's what BYU is is on the thing that you you have to show. You have to show it um, year after year, the, the two-season consistency. And they have done that. And here's what I'm hoping the biggest thing is, Shep, is that what we're seeing will make the learning curve that, that we saw our conference fellows, TCU and Utah, enter P5 conferences and – kind of flounder right. for four to five seasons. I'm hoping that the state of the program is an indication that they will be able to jump into the Big 12 and compete right away for a conference championship.
1: I, I was – this week I was – I mean, I'm obviously I'm a Chiefs fan, so I was listening to Kansas City Sports Radio uh, just, you know, get my Chiefs fix. And they had Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. who's a national college uh, football writer as well. Um, and they actually – I happened to get in my car to head home. And they were actually talking about BYU on the Kansas City radio station. I'm like, whoa, this like, what station am I on? Because it, it took me a second. I'm like, oh, this is what I was expecting to listen to. But they, they brought up that point. They said, I, I think this BYU team, first of all, they love the fact that they're going to be able to get that late-night window on the West Coast. They were talking about that, and they're, they love it. They, they said they can't wait for stuff like that. We'll see how long that goes, depending on how many times they have to play in it. But their point was – they think BYU is so much further ahead than where TCU was when they came in that they don't think that BYU will go through. Look, you're going to always have growing pains, but they don't think it will It will come close to the level that TCU had to deal with it when they went in.
2: That's saying a lot, it though. It is saying a lot. Because keep in mind, like, I played against that TCU team with Andy Dalton that went to the Rose Bowl and beat Wisconsin. Like, those were good teams. And uh, I, I, we'll see. BYU has a chance this year to prove that uh, they're of that same caliber.
1: All right, how about we give away some uh, some two-half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. You know how it works. Uh, we're going to give out a trivia question, and we're going to take the first correct answer with this, and you have to tweet me directly. I'm just going to go in my timeline. I will scroll down, find the first correct answer. Uh, that person is going to win uh, two-half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, your choice, uh, if you can get the correct answer to this trivia question. And I've mentioned – Uh, this aspect a couple of times uh, during the broadcast today. Uh, In the first half, Jaron Hall threw four touchdown passes in the first half. He became the 23rd quarterback in BYU history to be able to do that. One quarterback during his career at BYU did that six times. Name the BYU quarterback who scored, had at least four touchdowns in the first half of a game at least six times. First correct answer to at J.S. And Shep is going to win themselves two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. We will take a break. Come back one final segment of Cougar Nation Now when we come back on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Final segment of uh, BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today because nobody asked. Uh, my favorite uh, BYU Creamery ice cream is <laughs> cookies and cream. I love it. It's also my favorite built Bar flavor. So I have a thing with cookies and cream apparently.
2: I just like straight Oreos, but it's good in ice cream too. See, it's for me, I can't do the
1: straight Oreos. I have to have milk at least. The yeah. straight Oreos, it's just Or too frozen dry.
2: milk, which is ice cream.
1: Or frozen oh. milk. Great point. Great point. <laughs> you know. How about we give away two half gallons? We got this answer quite quickly. Uh, We had a ton of people respond, uh, but the the correct answer actually came in as our second response. Here is the question. Jaron Hall had four touchdown passes in the first half of today's game. That was the 23rd time in BYU history that a quarterback has had four touchdown passes in the first half. 23rd time it's happened. One quarterback did it six times. Who was the quarterback? The correct answer goes to Scott Taylor, and it was Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer did it six times. We had a lot of Jim McMahon, had a lot of Max Hall. In fact, our very first response was Max Hall. It was not Max, it was not Jim McMahon, it was Ty Detmer. Ty did it six times. And I, you and
2: I were talking about this during the break. The reason why he was able to do it so many times was, but, but Ty was a great player and he had some great teams, but, you know, he his team, like he, Ty had one, as a starter, he had one uh, double-digit, one 10-plus-win season? Or did he not even have any? I don't even think he had any. No, anyway, yeah. regardless, is that was an era where, like, yeah, he needed to throw four in the first half to keep pace, <laughs> you know, to try and win the game. And most of the time when you get four and a half, you're blowing someone out, you call off the dogs, you're starting to hand it off, spread the love around, give some to running backs. But Ty did it so many times because they were just happening run-of-the-mill <laughs> shootout games that uh, needed to. he needed to do that in order to win.
1: Uh, congratulations to Scott Taylor. Scott, uh, I uh, I have followed you, so the DM is open. Shoot me your contact information. I will pass that along to the powers that be, and they'll let you know how you can claim your free two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Uh, so congratulations, to Scott Taylor. Yeah, I mean, look, look, and Jaron Hall, who you know, we were able to talk to afterwards um, today. He looked phenomenal. He looked in total control. And, I, I granted, I get it. You're not going up against a powerhouse defense. But there was not one point where he didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. I was thoroughly impressed with what we saw out of the entire offense, but certainly Jaron Hall today.
2: His five incompletions, arguably two were drops and the other three. he, I mean, he was thrown to the right guy, but he had to – because, you know, the window was tight or the receiver didn't quite throttle where he wanted to, they, they were on him, so – uh, anytime you, I mean, <laughs> 232 passer rating. That's kind of all you got to say about his performance today. Well, and this is what
12: Jaron's been doing. I mean, it, we talked about this. I think at the in the post game after last game, he's getting better every week since he's come back from injury. They kind of eased him into it, um, in uh, to, to kind of give him the full Jaron workload that we've seen. And I mean, he's running full stride. He's just getting better and better. and, and you heard him talk about it. Um, in his interview, is he just feels like he's getting a better feel of, of how to, to manage the flow of the game, and you can totally see it. He looks in control. He looks confident. Uh, really impressed by Jaron's play.
2: By the way, he doesn't seem like it. He's only a sophomore. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So when we're talking about he's, you know, only one of da-da-da and da-da-da, like he, he's, he's already as a sophomore starting to pop in. And I get the sense um, – I mean, I don't know, who knows what it will project and, and all that, but I get the sense that he's a guy, given that he's a legacy guy, his dad played here, he's probably a guy that's going to play every snap he can at BYU to build that legacy and, and that legend, and rightly so. He's, he's well-primed to do it.
1: Well, and let's go over this. This is something that we hit on in pregame, um, and right before the game started, uh, we, we knew going in that there were three seniors for sure. That were playing their like last. Their eligibility was their, out. Their eligibility is done. We knew for sure it was their last home game. That was Jared Kapisi, Uriah Leotawa, and Samson Nakua. Then we knew there was at least a possibility that some others would also be honored. We found out before that there were going to be 11 additional players. Here are those players who were honored but still have eligibility and an option an opportunity to come back if they would like to. Tyler Algier, Matt Crittall. Although we heard from Matt in Matt his post Matt confirmed out of yes. his own mouth in his post Yes, press that he conference. this this will be it for him. So Matt Matt will be uh, will be going. And by the way, an interception in your last game at home. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, JT, JT Gentry, James Impey, Drew Jensen, Lopini Katoa, Jason Money, Neil Pau, Gunnar Romney, Earl Tuioti Mariner, and Joe Tukawafu. Those are all guys. Who have the opportunity to come back, but did not want to let the chance in. Just in case they were to go, they didn't want the game to come and go and not uh, not be able to go through the the honor of of being mentioned and having their family here and being able to go through that. Can, can I
2: just say? Because people are going through that list, and it's like, well, he's not an NFL guy. Why would he leave? Some dudes out there carrying uh, like. I don't, and nobody wants to hear about the poor student athlete, okay? But, (laughs) and Mitch is smiling, right? Because he knows where I'm going with this. But, like, carrying a full class load at an extremely competitively academic institution like BYU. Because keep in mind, given the choice to just play football and then not have to worry about grades, yeah, they'd probably want to do it, but they can't. And here's the problem: every year you spend further, they don't let you keep taking the 100-level classes. You got to get up into the 300 and the 400 or the postgraduate level. And some guys are like, "Yo, just to be free from school, I will give up a year of football because I've already played my full slate in four. I don't need a bonus year, and I don't want. A, you know, I, I." The, the college life is not for me. I'm not going to be a Ph.D. Like, I'm out of here. So I think there's a couple of guys on that list that that's their
12: consideration. Well, and honestly, with this COVID year last year where it didn't count towards anyone's eligibility, there are guys that are like, I've been here forever. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, I'm Even good. At BYU, I've no, been here so a really long time. I, all right. You, Taysom was – I remember Taysom was old because the way his birthday fell and with yeah. mission and everything, he was like 25, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, Mike Haig was another one. You played with Mike. Yeah, he was a – Mike was 25 or 26. Like, Vic, so anyway, like, we always – it was a thing at BYU. You, like, picked out the grandpa in the group, and they were always, like, somewhere around 25, 26. These COVID dudes, they could be pushing, like, 27, 28, it feels
12: like. Well, I think it was Jericho Pisa. Yes, he is a senior. In his interview with you – or pre uh, that you played pregame? Did he say he was on the 2014 roster? He's 2014 roster. Yeah, holy. Yeah, he was on the 2014 <laughs> roster. Yeah. It is 2021, wow. and uh, that's. I mean, that's insane. It blows my that's mind. That's a but lifetime ago. I know. <laughs> that's that was my first year that I was playing. And so I I yeah. played 2014, 15, and 16. I was on the roster before that, right. but. When I played, that was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That feels like a lifetime ago. Holy and cow. Jared was still on the team. I've been doing this for <laughs> yeah, s- or it's three been years. It's been five years Fine. since yeah. I finished in twenty sixteen. Yeah. I can't believe it. What Bonkers. is a day like today?
1: <laughs> and, and we were talking before. It's it's not traditional because normally, like, looks. It, it most the time, you'll have your your senior day. One more regular season game and then the bowl game. Or it's the last game of the regular season and then you have your bowl game. But to have your senior day and then two more regular season games plus a bye – and no. your bowl game, it's pretty nuts. The
2: leadership has to – and that's why I asked Kalani about it. And Kalani's like the easiest thing is get back to work. And I actually like what he's doing. Like come back Monday, practice hard. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even Thursday maybe. Or maybe a light on Thursday and then give the guys the weekend. But get right back to keep them in the thing. i That's something that is going to be big for the leadership and the coaching staff to keep these guys dialed in. And listen, I know USC's crumbling, but – and this might and this might sound cliche, but we were talking about four stars and five stars. Their rosters replete for, w- with them, and I know their culture's not there. But those dudes, you mess around and you come in, you know, th- feeling yourself and and not quite prepared and a little bit like trunky to use a missionary term. You'll get beat down in the coliseum, and then and then any hope of all this speculation of sneaking yeah. into New Year Six goes out the window.
1: Yeah, this is. Uh it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to see how the team handles it. Obviously, you need the you need the rest. Um, you've gone ten weeks. You're battered and bruised. You may or may not have guys uh, back for Georgia Southern. But it really does feel like BYU should be able to go down to Georgia Southern and get that win. And it really kind of boils down the season whether or not you're going to get to ten or eleven wins. It's going to boil down to to the USC game. It really it's it's pretty crazy to think about. That, uh, that that game is going to – look, we knew it was going to be a big game when we saw the schedule. Uh, it's going to be a big game for a few different reasons. They're not the team we thought, but there's still as much on the line for BYU in that game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, maybe just some final thoughts uh, from you guys, uh, not just on this game, but now that the home schedule is done, BYU 5-1, and one, that, that the loss to Boise State still just kind of just irks you a little bit. Um, but uh, maybe just your your thoughts on what we've seen from this team on this field this season, before we wrap things up.
12: Um, yeah, I'll take a shot first. I, I mean, very impressed, right? They, they've gone through some ups and ups and downs um, early in the season. Uh, there was the, um, we kept seeing, it was the first three wins that BYU came out of. They started the game so slow. And so we wanted to see him start fast. We seen him fix those things. And, and so I've, um, there've been other examples of things that they struggled with and they've improved throughout the season. Um, this, this team's getting better and better, um, going through the schedule that they did. It's, it's hard. It's grueling. Not many former BYU players can actually attest to the schedule that they've had, um, going in week after week and, and playing these top, um, a lot of power five opponents. Um, uh, but I thought they've handled it really well, um, Uh, despite all the injuries that they've had, it's, it's been a fun season. I'm excited for what's to come. We've still got uh, a couple of road games. um, uh, And uh, yeah, we'll see how it ends up. Um, I'm I'm excited to see these players just give it their all just depending on who's coming back, who's not. Um, It's fun to see this team together. It's one of the better teams, BYU teams we've seen in a long time. And so take advantage of these opportunities to see all of them play together and, Uh, make some magic happen late in the season.
2: I mean, I feel for these guys for, for a little bit in that my senior year, we lost a game here against Oregon State, which was a game we were in. Um, we got stopped it was it was blow for blow we got stopped on a fourth down we, we were coming back to tie we were down a touchdown third quarter coming down to tie get stopped on a fourth down they go back and score go out to a 14 point lead and we just could never catch up so it was a little bit different dynamic but they're going to have that same thing here of that that loss is going to eat at them but the older I get, the more you gotta you gotta remember. As much as those do, you gotta put kind of let that be what it is, and and realize that in six opportunities, you protected your house five times, and you did so honorably, and you gave the fans a ton of great memories. That people will remember that Virginia game for years. The, the streak against Utah was broken here. The Tyler Algier game, uh, the the Arizona State you know will be remembered for for years the dominating performance and Baylor getting that opportunity against South Florida anyway the the home slate was absolutely one to remember but if you want people to remember it even further and to continue to come back for it you got to win these next 3 finish 11 and 2 and then you go down as one of the top teams in BYU history and
12: you get to win the Pac 12
1: that's right <laughs> Pac 12 <laughs> South <laughs> Championship making its way to LaValle Word <laughs> <laughs> Stadium Oh, how great would that be if not only can you beat Utah in the season, but you could claim the Pac-12 championship, or the Pac-12 South title. That would just be the cherry on top, speaking of ice cream. Guys, uh, thanks for letting me hang out. Normally, I, I get to listen to you guys and Greg on my drive home, and then I listen while I'm at home. Uh, thanks for letting me hang out and uh, and do the show with you guys. It's, it was fun. It,
2: it's been a ton of fun. Thanks for sticking around with us. It's, always, it's always fun chatting, Jason.
1: Thanks. You and I – you and I got uh, got some extra time together driving back from the Utah State game.
12: Yeah, we did. Despite
1: being filled with caffeine to keep ourselves awake, <laughs> right around, I don't know, was, was it around Point of the Mountain, like, like Lehigh area, we started to get a little sleepy. <laughs> that, that, stuff, that stuff ran off. Uh, luckily, we were close to home, so it's always great to hang out with you guys and uh, look forward to uh, a couple more games and a couple more wins for the BYU football team. All right, that's a wrap for today's broadcast. want to thank everybody back in our BYU radio studios for all of their hard work. For those here on site, thanks to our engineer, Mike Wimmer, as well as our intern, Jake Roper, doing some great job. By the way, Jake's the one that went and got the uh, the postgame uh, sound from Rob Fennessy, the head coach, of the Idaho State Bengals. Appreciate his work for Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Juergens. Oh, can't forget Ralph Sokoloski, our stats man as well. My name is Jason Shepard. Your final from Provo. BYU gets the win, 59-14 to over Idaho State, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night.
0: You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin,
11: BYU Sports Network.